To HR After Hours Podcast, the only HR podcast officially endorsed by the Galactic Federation and Israeli Space Security. Hannah Hampton, H Squared, my sister from another mister. What is happening in your neck of the woods? Oh, you know, just same old, same old, uh, working, getting by. How about you? You know, I am in the middle of remodeling my house. I decided, oh, I don't want to use just one contractor. I'm going to do every room one step at a time using various contractors so I can get exactly what I want piece by piece. And let me tell you, Hannah, I'm a fucking moron. So (laughs) it is definitely worth it to hire a professional to oversee any extensive remodeling instead of trying to do it on your own. And I'm tired and I'm not even doing the heavy lifting. But other than that, things are good. Um, survived another Valentine's Day. I know you are not a fan of Hallmark holidays, and I yeah. tend to not be as well. It's so not I'm not that I'm not a fan. I just don't care. I don't give it any time. It's uh, yeah, it's, you're not anti. You're just like yeah. It's just, I'm. I don't. It's not something that I really care about. <laughs> and, you know, I tend to agree with you. The anti movement and some of the the backlash of like a Valentine's Day. I think it's actually more harmful than the good of, of just tell the person you love, you love them any day, right? Take them yeah. out to dinner any day. I think there's you know a lot. What? And if you love it, you love it. You do you, boo. That's the way I look at it. I'm not going to be a hater if somebody's like, oh, Valentine's Day is my favorite holiday. Like, dude, you do you. But it's just to me, I feel like it's silly. Um, you should be appreciating your significant other and loved ones daily versus one day a year. <laughs> That's how I feel. I like, be consistent. Like just like work, you know, mm-hmm. consistently execute the standards of a relationship. Boy, yeah. did I take the glow and romance out of that. Um, <laughs> so, but one of the things I, I came across is like I said, the, my, the thing I don't like about Valentine's day is that's when there's that pressure. If you're single to get a date and it's mostly self-imposed, yeah. but they're, there are some societal or, or pressures. People start dating someone and it gets really awkward. And I feel like sometimes there's relationships that end because they don't want to deal with the Valentine's Day pressure because that's weird. And I, yeah, so I feel like it's a very strange holiday to me. Again, I appreciate, appreciate, appreciating love. Don't get me wrong. And let's get real. I think February 15th is great because that's when Walgreens marks down all that uh, Valentine's oh, chocolate. So there you go. <laughs> Those damn Reese's peanut butter hearts are going to get me every year. So so why I bring this up is I found a really fun article. It was written right before uh, Valentine's Day, back on the 11th by Reuters. But I really love this. It says, never mind cutting up their clothes or chucking out their belongings. Now jilted lovers can take revenge by naming a cockroach after their ex on Valentine's Day. All that, yeah. And, and I've seen different spins on this every year, but I like this, that at the Hemsley Conservation Center in southern eastern England, southeastern England, excuse me, I swear I went to school, there's a project and fundraiser where if you had a particularly nasty breakup and you need a pick-me-up, 
It's a good way for a little giggle for a donation. They will name a cockroach and they'll name it almost anything you want. So not only can you name it after a former loved one, you can also the center's open for politicians names being used. It says all names are welcome and it's to raise money for the projects that we're doing here at the zoo. Well, that's nice. So this is our second time to have a story connected to uh, a zoo in the UK. <laughs> My favorite one, of course, was oh, yeah. the foul-mouthed, I think it was a parrot. Is that right? Was it a foul-mouthed yeah. parrot? Yeah, they were birds of some sort. Some so sort that- of foul-mouthed birds that just uh, had to be separated. And we had another one where there was a lady oh, who was her yeah, so this is our third. Third English story <laughs> related to after hours. I don't know. So honestly, I want to go, go to our meeting to Netflix about pitching our show and add another reality show idea about what the fuck is going on in the UK zoo system. But I thought that was a fun I little. Do, I do have. I do have a good friend who works uh, for a a zoo and. They may or may not be a listener to the show. So shout out. We do have a connection to the zoo community if necessary. Certainly, I'm I'm definitely gonna get a text (laughs) about this one, but for sure we do have we do have a connection on the show to a listener who who works within zoos. Not in the UK, but certainly I feel like they probably could go get a job at the UK if they wanted to, but I would be sad because then they live in the UK. (laughs) I'm a fan of the zoo, and I've been to some, actually, we mentioned after hours at the zoo, I actually went to a sorority dance in a dolphin pavilion at a zoo, believe it or not, one time. And actually one of my favorite fundraisers is a formal event at a zoo in the Midwest. So I guess... I should really rethink where I want to work next. Um, Because zoos sound to be like, they got a lot going on. Definitely does not sound like a boring career path at all. So maybe we should interview your friend sometime. He or she can give us some outstanding stories about what's going on in (laughs) the great landscape of American zoos. Now, I mentioned that story and it's kind of got a little revenge spin on it. Okay. And we have been big proponents of work reform and four-day work weeks and reasonable expectations. And we've talked about another great resignation. It it doesn't surprise me it's out there, Mm -hmm. but I just never really thought about it. But there are anti-work threads on Reddit and they are booming. They're booming. They're, yeah, there are lots of, lots of members or users on the, on those threads. And they are also creating some pretty epic memes. Certainly, um, this is definitely a trend that is growing. I don't see going away for a bit. The anti-work subreddit, yeah. So this is interesting. And I'm thinking, okay, so is it just people saying my boss can choke on it or whatever? My but, boss is a cockroach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, but this, it's, it's the anti-work subreddits is now one of the social network's most active engaged pages. And obviously there was a big boost by COVID-19 and people really kind of resetting their thought process. The subreddit has more than 1.6 users, and this is the anti-work subreddit, up from just 180,000 in October of 2020. This yeah. is, so this is gained momentum ten, further like, into the pandemic. Ten times in size. So that's crazy. But it's funny that it was only at 180,000 in October of 2020. So that far into the pandemic, 
it hadn't really gained as much momentum and now we're at 1.6 million i swear and, it probably started there was I, one of my favorite memes of uh from something like this was someone dressed up they and i'm not going to say the name i don't want to get anybody in trouble but they were a mascot for a food slash maybe dessert place and it's like how the fuck am i an essential worker and they were dressed up like (laughs) you know they're dressed up like a character and it's like how the fuck am i essential and i think you know it comes a lot to people feeling like uh i don't want to say feeling betrayed but just questioning companies decisions company what companies are doing how they're feeling about things so i am not surprised i feel like the COVID, covid pandemic opened something up in everyone's brains about what they wanted out of their jobs. So I'm not surprised that this would become a trend on Reddit. The first thing I could think of when you mentioned them being dressed up as a character, and I had like this very vivid imagination, inside my head pops this vivid, bright image of this sweaty teen (laughs) in that Chuck E. Cheese's rat Mm -hmm. mascot costume running around in like may of 2020 when there's like one table of parents that decided fuck the pandemic and took their kids to chuck e cheeses and this guy's just in there going fuck my life you know um as he's trying to dance around like the animated rats so that that's a i love your your story there Mm -hmm. it's a a great meme the people post epic text and email screenshots Mm -hmm. of quitting their jobs and we brushed upon that very briefly before but this is something that has always existed but now it's become part of this movement and i i didn't even think of this the real heroes of their movement are so-called quote-unquote idlers. Mm-hmm. Those who stay in jobs do- doing their absolute minimum to get by while still collecting a paycheck. How many times in this podcast are we going to find things that just remind us of, of the movie Office Space? Yeah, no kidding. Um, notice you've been missing a lot of work lately. Wouldn't exactly say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> um But this is interesting. So everyone's hit their limit with COVID, overwork, Mm -hmm. their mortgages, rent payments, and so many things with capitalism. There's nothing wrong with wanting to take a break from that and do less of it. And that's one of the page's moderators, Doreen Ford. Ford once held a job in retail for the past five years. She's been self-employed as a dog worker, working about 25 hours a week. Dog walker. Dog walker. (laughs) Oh, a dog worker could be something completely different. That's a whole other episode. (laughs) Um, but seriously, you know, what's funny about that pre-COVID, I would have been like, well, no one can do that. You can't live as a dog walker for 25 hours. Now I'm like, she's brilliant. You know, I'm like, I'm probably too late for that calling. But anyway, here's one of my favorite part. And then we'll get, I'm, I'm going to unleash Hannah Hampton here. These are a the couple of examples of, of great idlers. One who boasted is they make 80,000 a year by answering one or two calls a week and literally nothing else. And here's my favorite, though. An anonymous IT professional bragged about taking things a step further, automating their gig at a law firm with a simple script that performed their entire job for over a year. The company brass didn't catch on and the employee was still paid $90,000 a year. Uh, So, I mean, there's other things. Clearly. Clearly, these people were not raised Catholic because they didn't have that Catholic <laughs> guilt nagging right. at them. Because, I mean, first of all, I would feel guilty as hell if I wasn't working and getting paid for it. But again, 
uh, being raised Catholic, I have that thing called Catholic guilt. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So in the one of the last line in this article, it kind of almost addresses that, and it says, "What we call laziness is actually people reaching their limits for very good reasons that are outside of their control." Well, some of us are lazy, and we just don't want to work. So I mean, there's always those on there that aren't up with the idealist, and it's not a cause; it's a yeah. it's an excuse to be lazy or whatever. I don't think that's the majority any longer. I think it is a true social uprising and backlash mm-hmm. to demanding bosses, unrealistic expectations, companies that think you should live for work. We've talked about this quite a bit. I don't think we need to work as hard. I think we need to work smarter. But Hannah, I can't stand the sound of my voice any longer. Yeah. So let's hear your take. Well, I, you know, I have to say, I I always support people who are, you know, rising up against things that are bad. And let's get real, like companies taking advantage of workers, companies uh, creating toxic and terrible work environments. Like let's, let's rise up against them. I absolutely 100% agree with that. And I feel like the 40 hour work week was created in a different world, a different time. We are in a te- time of new technology. We're in a time of dual, you know, in, in households, both uh, both people, you know, there isn't somebody staying at home caring for the kids anymore and living off of one salary that just, that doesn't exist anymore for the most part. And, you know, it's just, it's a totally different world, you know, than in years past. So I'd say the 40 hour work week, work week, work week is obsolete. However, I have to say people who take advantage and 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 become lazy, like not doing their job, I feel like a couple things happen. Number one, they're putting additional work on coworkers, and that's unfair, and that's what is t- letting them burn out. So I think that sucks. And then a lot of times, too, if you discover that an employee was not doing job, doing a job, they eliminate that role, and then that work goes to somebody else. And again, I feel like that you're just creating an atmosphere in which somebody else has to pick up the slack. And so, you know, it, it continues on where there are, you know, it's that old, the old meme, that joke, it's like, my, my work does this great thing, you do a good job, and you, and you get more work for it. And that's pretty much what happens here. So I, I don't have to, I have to say, I find it funny, but I don't agree with people idling and not, you know, and just slacking when they come, come into work, because they just don't care anymore. I'm like, at that point, leave, you quit, cut your losses find something new. I get it. It's a, it's a paycheck and people will want to see how long they can get that free paycheck. To me, I feel like it's just, you're hurting, you're hurting more people. You're hurting other people. It's not just about you. There's other people and not the company. I'd say there's other people that you're hurting. So that is my kind of quick overview. I feel like we could dig into this even more, but I feel like I don't know, it just it hurts other people and somebody's got to pick up the slack. I've been that person in the past where I've had to pick up the slack of somebody who quit, who was lazy, who did bad. And it's no fun having to clean up somebody else's mess. And I believe everyone has the right to do whatever they want as long as it doesn't harm uh, mm-hmm. others. And so I completely agree that the idler thing, if someone else is being forced to pick up the slack, that this form of protest doesn't work. The company doesn't see the difference because they're still getting their desired results. Right. So you're you're just putting that weight on someone else's shoulders. But I do think that this is passive aggressive revenge. Yeah. And that comes from a true, most people have to be pushed pretty hard 
to get to that point of that passive aggressiveness. And like I said, there are others that they just see it as opportunity to be lazy and do those other things. Do you think this is exactly what we've said before it comes to the, the root cause is unrealistic employer expectations? It's really interesting because you see companies starting to make changes and accept the need of the new workforce for a better quality of life. At the same time, then it's tough because you're seeing companies that are still reporting strong quarterly returns mm-hmm. and not changing and just running short staffed and, and burning the people. And it's just a vicious cycle. I actually had to have a what I call a come to Jesus speech with a client mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Friday. I was tired. I didn't want to work late. But I spoke to a candidate and they're like, I just interviewed with this person and their expectations are completely unrealistic. It sounds like a job for two people. And this was not the first person to say this. And so I was starting to compile this email and and basically tell them, unless this changes, you know, I'm not going to be able to work with you any longer. And I'm like, I can't do that. I'm going to have to call them a I'm not yeah. that I'm not that poetic in my writings. So I decided just to call and I just didn't want to do it. And they were receptive. They listened. I'm just thinking, how do we get more people just to understand? I mean, can HR managers go to their employers and tell them we're killing our people without backlash? Some cases may, you know, I think so. Some probably not. I was able to get change on this company's outlook just by telling her, you're not going to get what you want. And if you do, they're not going to do 100%. They're not going to be successful and they'll leave. And she's actually like, oh, well, when I get back from vacation, let's look at yeah. this, maybe break it down into well, this, two jobs. This aligns with not just, you know, I know you talked about the great resignation, but people are now really referring to it as the great upgrade, where they're leaving their jobs for better opportunity, places they're going to get treated better, places they're going to get more money places where they're going to get more PTO, places where they're going to get more respect. So it isn't just about like, just about quitting. It's about getting, you know, making that step up and getting those better opportunities. And given the world that we're in right now, like I'm recruiting for positions, there are so many jobs hiring. They are going to take a chance on somebody who's, who's changing maybe careers or changing industries. You know, it isn't just about people not wanting to work. It's just about them wanting better for themselves and not be, you know, I'm like, gone are the days where companies can just treat people uh, like shit and have these terrible toxic work environments. And, you know, back in the day when I worked in the restaurant industry in HR, I used to have these conversations with people because they'd say, well, I, you know, I got yelled at when I was coming up in the world. And I'm like, well, that doesn't work anymore. I'm like, just because you had to deal with a shitty, toxic work environment doesn't mean that you get to put that onto somebody else. Like, if you make a great place for people to work, they're going to want to come in. They're going to want to do a good job. But if you continue to perpetuate these toxic, terrible work environments where the managers treat employees like shits, get ready to have nobody want to work for you. You know, I love that. And I was having a great conversation with someone, uh, I think it was Friday night, and I was talking about the Gen Zs and a lot of the things going on. And I said, you know, one of the things I respect, how quickly we're seeing the change being in being really demanded by the current generations. I'm trying not to sound like an old guy standing on his front yard with his rake, because I really do appreciate the fact 
that the new workforce, the 20 somethings, that's also part of the movement that they don't just accept things because that's the way it was before. Mm -hmm. We were talking about all the things that we did just because our parents did them because their parents did them. And we started joking about some of the things in our culture that would probably go away soon because they're boring things that don't pertain to current generations. They didn't even pertain to ours, but we did them because they were tradition, like parades. Parades are fucking boring, Anna. Why do we care about parades? You know, I mean, but just all these different things and this is one of them. The same movement that's saying, no, it's not okay to let your grandparents be racist any longer just because they're your grandparents mm-hmm. and they're older. I love that. It, absolutely. It's not okay. And if you got to tell Nana to, you know, shut her bigoted mouth, that's all right. And if you got to tell an employer, fuck you, I'm not working 50 hours this week. Mm-hmm. I really want to work 38 and I can still get the job done, then let's do it. And it's time for the employers that embrace this to make sure that they get the word out, not only to attract the people that that will appreciate it and that will go work for them, but to get even their competitors to realize we're doing it wrong. We've been doing it wrong for a long fucking time. And it's just time to let family spend time together and get to know each other. And this is my rant and I'm done with it. What do you got (laughs) for me, Hannah? Well, I will say, you know, I don't think we've talked too much about Gravity Payment. And it is run by uh, this man by the name of Dan Price. And basically um, it is, or some, it's a financial services company. But one day Dan Price realized like he needed to make sure that he was paying his company a living wage and just creating a really great work environment. The minimum wage at the company is $70,000 a year. And a lot of people laughed at him. A lot of people said this is never going to work. It's only going to be in the short term. More than five years ago, and he has retained people. He talks about how people in his company have bought homes, started families, are living the quote unquote American dream because he put his employees first. Uh, His turnover went down. People want to stay there because people feel respected. People feel valued. And people are actually, it's not just words, it's in their actions. So I feel like that that is a great study in treating your employees well with respect and giving them a living wage will have them stick around. I feel like this guy's doing something right. And we should all take a deep look at it. I don't know why we haven't discussed Dan Price before. It's a crediting uh, credit processing company. He cut his own salary by a million dollars and the working wage of 70,000 for everyone else. And critics are like, well, these guys are going to go out of business. That was six and a half years ago uh, in a follow up article. I think it was CBS. So they're interviewing and they asked, so you almost doubled the number of employees. And he's like, yeah. He said his company has tripled, still paying his employees 70000 He actually took his salary down to that 70000 He's been able to double his workforce, which means he's doubled the amount of people making a working, living mm-hmm. wage. And I think that's brilliant. Thank you for bringing that up because that's, that's amazeballs. And it goes back mm-hmm. to the current age that wants to 
work to live, not live to work. And that's how it should be to go out there and you ask someone to tell them about themselves. It's really hard to start find someone that won't lead with what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's wrong. That sucks. You know, I I really I thought this was a fun topic to discuss. And I certainly you know, I honestly I only recently got into Reddit. <laughs> so I certainly hope to be digging some more things out of Reddit for us to discuss. I think it's a really fascinating place. I'm not going to lie. The reason I, I had always known it existed and I had seen it every now and again, but I signed up for it because uh, somebody I work with had posted for software developers. What do you want to see in a job ad? Like I'm, tr- you know, I was trying to work with some people and figure out what what do people really want to know about a job in a, in, in a job posting. So we went to Reddit and asked, and I got some amazing feedback, some tweaking to uh, some of my job posts. And I have to say, it's a much as sometimes social media and the internet drives me nuts. Times like this, where it helps, you know, helps bring people together, it helps share some knowledge. Uh, it was really helpful. So I have now uh, really gotten into Reddit and I think it's a cool place. Of course, there's always going to be crazy, weird, like rabbit holes you can go down, but I think it's a really cool resource. You know, I love it. And I have actually something that I found that I'm going to share as our close. This was posted on social media by Jello Biafra, former singer of the Dead Kennedys, alternative tentacles records, artist, advocate. But really what I like about him is he's a centrist. He's an intelligent centrist. And we're in a society that no longer allows moderate views. Here's what he posted. And I, I don't know if he's this is a quote of his or if he's quoting someone else. But it says, if we replaced cancel culture with critical thinking, we'd have empathetic conversations instead of emotional reactions. Mm. And by talking, we learn to separate honest mistakes from actual hate. And I think that's a great statement. The one thing I would change about it is I would say, and by listening, we learn to separate honest mistakes from actual hate. I've ripped off Mark Twain before, but I love this saying, you never learned anything by talking. And if some CEOs and business owners took that same approach with their people, they could get rid of these revenge idolists and create a happy workforce whose productivity would probably exceed anything they even saw in their heyday. And Hannah Hampton, I fucking love talking to you. (laughs) Have a great day. Have a great day.